Hello and welcome to the Six Point Podcast. We are back um, and uh, the new season's back. And Richard Thomas, you're back as well. I'm back, mate. New season, new shirt. Do you know what I mean? It's a nice shirt, mate. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously people listening can't hear that, but we're also joined by the, uh, the Miracle of Technology by Matthew Turrell. How are you, Matthew? Excellent, good, pleased to have you here via um, FaceTime, Skype, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, so let's get stuck in. Let's yeah, let's get, get stuck, stuck in. in. I mean, obviously, um, we can't start talking about new season without talking about how everything ended in the transfer window, um, which obviously finished uh, the day before the season kicked off. Quite rightly, in, in my view, I think that's a good move. But um, I think that's a good way to do it. I think the only disadvantage, obviously, is... English players, uh, clubs being susceptible to bids from big European teams. But really and truly, I think if any deals are going to get done, I think English clubs are clever enough to be able to avoid that falling into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, th- I think also the fact that, you know, the English Premier League is probably arguably the strongest league in Europe as well. Um, you know, it, it means that if a Real Madrid or Barcelona come in for someone, then it probably is only going to happen for those clubs and that would happen no matter what time in the window it would be anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, and I think, like I say, I think the, 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 the way we we, are, we closed the window earlier, I think most of the top teams are not going to be losing their players to them, big teams, because it would happen before the window closes to give that, you know, any English club opportunity to replace them. So yeah. I can't see that being an issue. I think if Europe fall in line, I think that would be a good... good uh, That'd be good. Yeah. Matthew, have you, have you got any views on, on the, the transfer window and then the English one closes before the rest of Europe? Do you think it's a, a benefit or a disadvantage? Well, like Rich was saying, for the big clubs, it's fine. I think for the what, non-top five, six clubs, that's where the issue may be. And, you know, we'll talk about Sahara shortly. And there's an opportunity for European clubs to kind of get them at a lower price because they haven't got to compete with the English market. So there's a, there's a risk there for smaller clubs, not maybe say for big clubs, but... Yeah, it's a potential we have to have to look at. Mm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And, and you, you touched on it there. And obviously, Zahar was the, the, the arguably the biggest saga of of the transfer window. We just just closed, so so we might as well get stuck straight into that. Um, so the context for that is obviously, I mean, much to my surprise, a transfer request was handed in the day before transfer deadline day, um, with talks uh, or rumours around Everton uh, making a seventy million pound bid exchange for two players, which we now know to be absolute nonsense. That didn't actually happen. Um, that was just sort of agents or or someone leaking stories in the hope perhaps to get someone else to to, to make a to make a bid. And Matthew, I know you've got a, 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 a certainly a, a specific view on how this has come about and. And and where it leaves Wilf Zahar sort of in his position. Um, like you said, it's surprising the way it turned out, and there was obviously a train of events which led it to to be so, um, or the transfer request to be so last minute. Dot com. It was a, it was a strange sequence, wasn't it? In the sense that you know there were these two bids. What was it? The last one was. Uh, was it one pound fifty? I think even that was in instalments, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah one ninety nine with one pound fifty paid up front, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, Yeah, and I guess 
he might have been frustrated by what were Palace holding out for yeah. and therefore was that gentleman's agreement ever actually going to be fulfilled because Palace were holding out for an unrealistic amount of money um, I, I, I just I personally think that it was a kind of a, uh, a bit of a desperate thing to do so last minute and it was a shame given Palace and Zahara and the history of background that the, the pair have given how long he's been at Palace come up through the the ranks and you know Palace have really looked after him and indeed the contract he's on now really does seem well looked after so you have to kind of ask what was he trying to achieve by doing that so late in the day you can understand that if he was a, a lesser paid player or you know there was, there was a real reason to move other than to European football but yeah. uh, you know going to Everton if that was where he was trying to go to it's not going to be where he's going to Champions League football that he supposedly asked. That's a strange one. No, I, I think the rumours were all about sort of Arsenal, weren't they? And that was the club that he wanted to go to, but it never really happened because they, they weren't willing to spend the money or, or or basically provide the money up front anyway, um, which is what Palace, Palace need. Um, they need the sort of a, a, a big chunk up front, which, which is what they wanted. And Arsenal, I think, even with the Pepe deal was sort of it, it's it's not a lot up front it's, it's a lot of instalments um, and I think Celtic did really well to, to sort of to stand their ground and say no we want 25 million up front for Kieran Tierney which, which, which they got in the end yeah I mean, but, my, my, my take on this like just I think I'd be a bit wound up if I was a Palace fan in terms of the timing because mm. it's so unsettling just the like day before the season starts I mean if it happened back in July and he hands in a request, at least you kind of have that warning. I, I didn't actually think he was going to hand in a request. No. When Arsenal come in, Everton come in, you hear it, but, you know, I just thought, obviously, Palace boy, he's not going to hand in that request, but to hand it in a day before is just unsettling. So yeah. I would have just been wound up from, from that. It's like where my, my, maybe my thought is that there was something that was agreed informally, albeit, but, but wasn't fulfilled from... Palace's side, and that's why he kind of did what he did. Because, like you, you just said, you know, why would he do it otherwise? What, what, what's the rationale behind him being, being at Palace for so long? Um, there has to have been something there, which means that he kind of was it done out of spite, or was it done to prove a point? I don't know. But the thing was, like you say, Rich, if if, if that had happened earlier on in the window, Palace would have a chance to deal with it, mm. and they would have had a chance to look at bringing in a, a replacement or have have one or two lined up. Because of the way it happened, I always think Palace, whatever the offer would have been last minute, they would have said no yeah. because they wouldn't have been able to replace it. That would have been their rationale. I mean, the, the, the similar thing happened to us last season with Coutinho. He literally, like, eve before um, the Premier League started, he puts in a transfer request. Mm. And it's like, you know, I think these players must get some win from somewhere. Someone's pushing them to say, yeah. put in a transfer request and we're going to bring in, you know, someone's going to, obviously, a club that he's interested in going to is going to come in with an offer well, for that, that's, that, that's, but that yeah, didn't seem to happen did that, it that's, well that's, that's what they were trying you, you can see now can't you you can see that's what they were trying to do with, with the whole Zahar thing wasn't it it was that Everton uh, this Everton rumour was obviously leaked by his agent or someone to try and encourage other clubs to think oh hang on here like is someone else is going yeah, from, yeah, yeah, someone, but, someone's, but the bid never materialised so it was complete nonsense so obviously someone's telling Wilf like this is going to go out there and someone's else is going to come in for you but it never happened in the end and, and really I think I don't know it just the, 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 it, the, it almost smacked of desperation in the end a little bit of it's a little bit embarrassing if I'm honest yeah, I, 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 I don't that. like to say that because obviously I'm a fan of Wilf like, but I, I, I think to an extent this is this is kind of it has the, it has, the, has the potential to tarnish his reputation at the club I, I, obviously that's not 
you know, you're not you're not you're not going to get rid of it. All the good he's done. I'm not saying that at all, but it, it, it leaves a bit of a sour taste in the mouth, doesn't it? It's almost. He's very lucky. Sorry, Richie. He's very lucky that he got the reception he did yesterday. Palace are recognising, Palace fans are recognising that, you know, he's clearly the, the best that we have got by our country mile and, you know, one of the best players, if not the best players that have played Palace. So, I think Palace fans, fans recognise that respect, um, you know, like you said, in what he has done. And, but the thing is, what he still can do, because mm. he's a Palace player, whether he likes it or not, until January. Right? And we need to get the best out of the players we've got. So, he's, he's very lucky that Palace fans are so forgiving. There are a few. Um, people not sort of supporting yesterday, but they were very, very few. So he's very lucky. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, we're touching this a bit later, but I, I half expected the response when he came on uh, to be a little bit mooted, um, not booze, but you know, just people just abstain from from some some sort of sh- shouting and seeing his name. But yeah. you know, I, it, yeah, do you know what I think? I think as well is I think maybe fans are. Probably, you know, you're wise enough. To, if you boo, you probably won't get the best. At, you might as well support him, even though he, I think what he done handing the transfer request is obviously um, he got ill, like you know, wrongly advised. Mm. But at the same time, um, I think Palace fans probably know that it's probably best to support him rather yeah. than like you know boo him because I don't think that's actually going to help you, yeah. especially when he's coming on and you guys are like, I think it was nil nil at the time he came on. So yeah. why not actually support him? But I can understand what you guys are saying because you guys are diehard Palace fans. It must hurt to like top your your top boy to put in that request. Yeah, Matthew. No, we, we can't hear you, Matthew. Uh, what, was that Wilf? Oh, there he is. There he is. Yeah, well, yeah, it was Wilf. Wilf trying to get in touch there to phone in and and, and obviously say his uh, say say shout his viewpoint there. But um, I didn't want to brag. I'm his agent, but I didn't want to. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so you're you're the one who's been fucking everything up. Right, um, excellent. So I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, this drawdown the the Wilf chat. I mean, uh, from 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 Palace's point of view, obviously we had some incomings, cameras uh, from the midfield on on, on live. Well, well, one question though. Go on. Um, so, do you think he's gone in January? Oh yeah, 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 hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, my, my, actually, my, my personal view has always been Chelsea because it, it ticks all the boxes for me. He stays in London. Mm. He goes to a club that can spend the money. Hazard's just left. I mean, it, it just makes sense for me. And I think even if Chelsea don't get their band overturned, and he, um, he there's going to be some sort of pre-contract, pre-contract yeah, not not pre-contract, but you know, there'll be a deal agreed in in uh, January for him to go in the summer. I think Matthew. Yeah, I was just I was just saying. Obviously, the Palace have have made some moves in the transfer window, bringing in Victor Camarasso on loan from Real Betis. He was obviously on loan at, at Cardiff last season. Um, there is agreed a uh, a fifteen million or believed to be agreed a fifteen million pound fee. Uh, should it all work out at the end of the end of his loan deal, so that's that's a good good shout. Um, Jordan Ayew came for two point five million, which is brilliant for for someone who's going to be well 
potentially a squad player, but he did very well, obviously, at the weekend. Good game for Swansea. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was on loan last season and we made it permanent. Now, £2.5 million is, is, is pennies these days, isn't it? Snippy, I mean, yeah. and also James McCarthy from Everton, £3 million. It's, 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 Palace are really doing good business here and, and you've got to think they're trying to be quite prudent. But this talk a little bit about Liverpool and, and you know, obviously there weren't record breakers in, in, the, in the transfer window. Maybe that's because last season they spent so much money, um, but obviously the kid came in. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we signed two youngsters, so we've got his... Uh, young defender called Seth Vandenberg who, who made his debut in the Dutch league last season at 16 mm. he's like highly talented um, defender but he only was about he was about 2.6 and then we got um, Harvey Elliott from That's Fulham I was talking about, yeah. who is like the youngest ever premiership uh, sort of player to do you know, obviously the youngest ever premiership player basically if he, he, he came on last season I think it was against Wolves or someone like he was like 16 did he beat Six- James Vaughan's record then did he? James Vaughan, I remember Everton. He was was I oh know maybe he was the youngest ever Premier League scorer. Was, yeah, or maybe he was the youngest ever Premier player for for Fulham. Um, I'm not sure, but anyway, he's a proper. He's supposed to be a proper young talent. Um, they're saying that you know he's going to go to a tribunal, and we might have to pay up to like eight nine million pound for him. Um, but even these days, be, that's that's pennies, isn't it? Really, that, I mean, especially when you consider a club like Liverpool, like it's it's, it's not a lot of money, is it? No, exactly. And then the only, only other signing we got was um, Adrian from West Ham. Um, and I actually like him if he's got a bit of character I just look at him yeah he's a good keeper I like him yeah he's decent isn't he um, and um, as well he knocked Everton out in an FA Cup game a couple of years ago he scored <laughs> the winning penalty so that's another thing he's got you know what I mean if Liverpool fans love him for that but overall um, I think this summer was always going to be tricky because they say you should like you know from a position of strength you should always try and sign players you know we just won a European Cup mm. it's like you know um I don't think we had that many holes, but I would say one player that, one position that I wish we filled or possibly could have got someone in is just to cover um, Salah, uh, Firmino and Mane, our top three. But Mm. saying that, it's so hard to get someone who you know that you're going to have, well, Klopp knows he's going to have to tell them that, listen, when the the front three are fit, you're not going to play. I mean, who, who can you get? I mean, that's why Origi turned out to be such a, um, he almost come back from the dead. Everyone forgot about Origi. Even a lot of Liverpool fans wrote him off. But he's he, he came on, you know, back last season. Uh, Klopp said he was training well, scored some like some proper crucial goals. Obviously a double against Barcelona in the semi, and um, goal in the final. Obviously, and you know he signed a new contract. But I think more than that was it was about squad harmony. I think you can't you don't want to bring in. Last thing you want to do is bring in a big name who. You know he expects a start, and he could just disrupt the harmony that's going on at the minute. I mean, well, there's, there's no there's no point bringing players in for the sake of it. I mean, in a sense, that it's the same as Man City are doing as well. Like they didn't spend that much money. On, I mean, this this window either. I mean, because they spent so much the the, the, the year before, and maybe it's it's a fact that we're seeing a, you know, a result of these FFP things and, and financial fair play, and and or maybe it's just a fact that people are realizing now that teams are built over a period of seasons. You know, it's 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 you'd argue that. Liverpool mm. were, were were sort of being built two seasons before this, weren't they? Before yeah, that, I think, I think obviously that they had the title challenge last season, which they just missed out on. Um, but and that's a luxury, really, that you don't normally get in a Premier League. A manager is normally given sort of six nine months, and then they're out the door if they don't, you know, produce any sort of. Um, yeah. Matthew, this is bring you in here. No, we lost Matthew. I think now. Oh dear! All right, we'll, well, we'll, like... we'll, we'll come. We'll come. We'll come back to Matthew anyway because yeah. I think he, I mean, he's having a few technical difficulties. So, um... hello. Oh, there he is. He's back. Hello. 
You're back, Matthew. Am I back? You're back. It's interesting, Richard's views on whether Liverpool have missed opportunity to push on here. So, you know, Man City have signed a few players and signed many, but they signed a few. Uh, whether Liverpool, and, you know, Man United have spent a lot of money and, you know, I just wonder if Liverpool have missed an opportunity to push on to the next level and to kind of get, get the league um, that they wanted for so long. Mm. I generally think that we are, we're just uh, different in a sense. So, Man City, they've got so much money they can... You know, I think people, sometimes fans forget that you win a Champions League, now you've got to pay Champions League bonuses. I mean, we, we signed up uh, Salah, Mane and Firmino, all signed new contracts. I mean, they, 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 Van Dijk came in, Alisson, a lot of people, are, there's a lot of money going out just mm. on wages. You know, you can't forget that, you know, all these players need to be paid. And I think what, you know, I think if Klopp wanted to sign someone, I think the owners would have given him. But, I've, uh, but Klopp's literally come out already and said that... Um, what he believes in most is squad togetherness and squad like um, harmony. Yeah, harmony. So it's like, why would you why would you build a squad that has such great harmony? Everyone is together, and then risk disrupting that. You know, don't get me wrong. Bringing in a new player always freshens things up. But I generally think um, you know we've we had uh, we've got this youngster coming through that you guys will hear about later on in the season called Ryan Brewster. Hello, now, man. Yeah, Hello, this man. guy scored like you know nine. Nine or eight goals at the under sixteen World Cup. A- anyone a years that's ago. played FIFA nineteen knows about Ryan Brewster. Yeah, he's one of them. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He's one like, of the wonder kids. He's one of the wonder kids. Um, so we've got him, and even though it's a cliche, um, Oxlade Chamberlain was out for the whole season last mm-hmm. season with a cruciate. He's come back. Well, he came back last season, but you know he wasn't rushed back. Yeah. So he's you know he's like a like a new sign. They talk about Lalana being a new signing, but no one buys that. Everyone's like, nah, there's no, he's never a new signing. But um. I couldn't really just believe in Klopp after that Champions League win. Who wouldn't? Do you know what I mean? No, fair enough. Good point. I mean, in terms of other sort of main transfers, obviously there was Harry Maguire went to Man United for eighty million. That was a, that was obviously a big deal. Um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka also went to Man United for fifty million pounds, run to fifty five, and I think that's a really good deal for both parties, especially when you consider two seasons ago, Carl Walker went to Man City for forty five million pounds. Yeah, Aaron Wan-Bissaka played thirty Premier League games, I think. So I mean that I mean it's obviously reflective of the market as well, but um, I think Palace got a really good deal out of that. As much as people will say, oh, they should have held out for more, Matthew. I think, I think he's worth twice that in a couple of years' time. In a couple of years' time, but at the moment. Yeah, I mean you look, you look at how how well he did on his debut for the yesterday. It was ridiculous. He's he's that good. He's he's the best right back in the league. Um, and I know you said there's no other people who've got more experience like him, but the way he commands the the right position, the way he gets forward up the pitch, the fact he was a winger when he, like, well, he's going to get over that vertigo when he's passing halfway. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's going to get over that, he'll be amazing. But I, mean, I think it's a bargain, really, in the scheme of things. It is, but I, I don't think Palace have had their pants pulled down by any stretch, as, as some people are, tr- are trying, to, trying to sort of suggest. Um, I, I agree with you, he will be a, a top-class player, but I think that, unfortunately, in the grand scheme of things, you've kind of got to consider where Crystal Palace are and where a club like Man United are and it, it, if, if a club like Man United comes in um, it's only going to be a matter of time really before they get their player well, if Palace as it stands the number of games to play in the Premier League is, is a good deal uh, uh, for both sides I, but I think they have got a real player on their hands there yeah. yeah I think 50 mil if you get 50 mil for you know a right back who obviously he's young and he, he could he's probably the best Defensive right back in the league. 
Mm. It probably is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, I, I can't think of anyone who. Alexander Arnold probably puts him in the attacking attack in sense. In attacking sense, yeah. but never in like Matthew alluded sense. to the, the, the vertigo that he seems to get as he gets into the final third. He seems, seems to oh shit, I just need to get rid of the ball, you know? Yeah, I yeah. think I think his game will develop. I mean, how old is he? 20? 22, 21, 22. Matthew? 20? Or is he 20 even? I think he's like, I think he's like 21, 22. No, yeah. 20, yeah. He came through quite late, considering. He did. Yeah, so, I mean, I think to get that type of money, so I can see why he was holding out for much more for Zaha. I mean, United have done well. I still think Man United, they lost Ander Herrera. They didn't replace him. I think later on in the season, it will come back to Horton that they haven't buffed up their midfield because I think they've got, if Pogba gets injured, they're in trouble. Well, this 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 is one of my viewpoints is that I, I'm quite impressed. And Lukaku, sorry. I'm quite impressed with the amount of money which they've given Solskjaer um, or and his team because I mean he is almost an unknown quantity and, and there's got to be murmurs of discontent around sort of him when he sort of fell off the back of last year and I, I, I honestly think if anyone's got any any spare money that they you know I'm not a betting person but he's got to be first out the door I mean because you know what though I'll... I think if you if you give that, ma- that that inexperienced manager that amount of money and it doesn't work out and it's not and they will go through a rough no, patch because thing. all clubs do mm. I think that his head head will roll by November end of, end of, end do, of November do you know what though one thing I'd say it probably looks like he's been given a lot of money but in reality they lost Lukaku for 70 mil yeah um, yeah but they spent 80 on Maguire yeah but if you look at the net spend in terms of um, if you're May United are playing catch up for me United had to spend about 200 mil this summer they spent about 75 mil. They got a quality right back, quality centre half, but they, they, it's almost like they fixed their defence, but then their midfield is still, for me, I think their midfield will get exposed. I don't think, I hear what you're saying, that's a, a decent outlay, but they need to spend more. If you look at what City done, or even what we done last season, we probably spent, I don't know. It must be close to 200 mil. Maybe that's sign of the times and that Man United aren't the, the powerhouse that they used to be. I think uh, it's the owners. I think, you know, from Man United fans I speak to, the owners take a lot out. Obviously, they, they are investing, but, hmm. you know, for the people who love the old net spend thing, I think that's an interesting thing to look at. That yeah. It might appear that they've spent quite a lot, but then they've received a lot as well, where I think they could have actually invested more in the squad but I don't really care they're rivals I, I hope they don't invest Excellent. Okay. Well, any other notable transfers I, yeah. one, one that I wanted to mention I mean Rich I don't know if you've got any from the Premier League that any others was yeah I mean um, I think Arsenal done some interesting business they've got that Kieran Turney Tierney's a Tierney. very good player yeah. um, Louise from Chelsea which you know some people are saying that he's, he, he obviously is, he's not the best defender but his experience is crucial um, Pepe who Liverpool are linked to he looks like he's going to be a talent um, he scored like 22 goals in the French league last season. I think so. Nine of them were penalties, though. So nine of them were penalties. Yeah, that's a good shot. That's a good shot. You know what I mean? So it's not always a uh, stats don't always um, you know show, show the true picture. Do you know what I mean? Um, who else can I think of that signing wise that I think was interesting? I well, think one one that I wanted to mention was mm. Wayne Rooney to uh, Derby, and this is this this is one which doesn't really sit really easy with me because it's it's come out in the last couple of days that he's going to be given the number 32 shirt. Mm. Which is uh, the same thing because because Derby are sponsored by Thirty Two Red, and it comes out that because um, one thing I said as soon as this deal broke was that how the hell are Derby paying his wages or doing something that that allows him to be bought out of his contract? And it came out that uh, Thirty Two Red, in fact, before the deal was made, gave Derby a load of money, sponsorship money, and this is this is this is almost like. 
I don't know, we're seeing an infiltration or some sort of like meddling by these betting companies mm. in football because without that betting company giving Derby the extra sponsorship money they wouldn't have been able to afford Wayne Rooney's wages so it, it, it doesn't really sit sit right with me if I'm honest but I mean Matthew I mean I know I know you've got certain views about the Premier League and, and, and sort of how the way that the, the betting money is being sort of blasted around well yeah, if you look at the shirt sponsors don't need to see that there's um, an infiltration of it to use your term I mean that, that, that whole thing stinks isn't it yeah um, it's a bit, bit, bit off, really, but it's kind of where the market industry is, and that the money is kind of directed in that way. And then many people say that's why Sky Sports News have these breaking news stories that are made up because it fabricates bets. In Sky Bet, yeah. It was a bet in a certain way, yeah, exactly. So mm. you know, like you say, there's something in it. Um, I thought I thought an interesting move that um, Luke, you and I personally have talked about is um, is Burnley signing Eaton. Brilliant signing for them. Yeah, for the money as well. Um, actually, there's quite a few goalkeepers moved. You mentioned the Adrian one. Uh, didn't Scott Carson go to Man City? He did, you know. Ex-Liverpool. They love, they love an old-school backup goalkeeper. Well, you've got to have someone, haven't you? And you've got to choose someone with some pedigree. It's, it's a little bit... I mean, obviously, we're, we're touching <laughs> a bit, but Liverpool have agreed with Andy Lonergan to come in now as backup to Adrian now yeah, that um, now Alisson's out. So it's uh, Andy Lonergan. You remember him, Matthew? Do you know what? 200, 200 <laughs> appearances of Preston North End? Do, do you know I remember a keeper called uh, Stuart Taylor? You must. Yeah, be. yeah, he played for Palace online. Yeah. Oh, he played for Palace. Yeah. He, he's got. I remember reading this um, article on him, three six five. He was like the backup keeper for three seven, the third keeper for three clubs for about eight years. So he, he basically played about ten games in about eight years. <laughs> Seriously, where like literally, and keep right. and that. Huh? That's what I'm saying. Same as, same as I say Richard Wright. Oh, yeah, yeah. Arsenal, Man City. And I think he didn't play in a cup final or something. He's at Man City, isn't he? Don't get me wrong, it's not the, the worst life in the world, but I mean, it's just funny how some players are like, you know what, I'll just be third choice. But I, th- I think... Happy I think, days. I think, I, think, I think the mentality <laughs> is right as well. I mean, obviously a goalkeeper is only one position, so, mm. so some goalkeepers perhaps will need to have that mentality of, all right, well, I'm going to go in, I'm going to play the cup games, or I'm going to be back up if I'm called upon but I'm happy sort of collecting my wages and turning up for training and things yeah, like that it comes down to how much you really want to play innit Matthew 30 grand a week to play once in a while happy days I'll take that I'll take that too <laughs> that'd be nice wouldn't it alright well I think that's a good place to, to end part one on and then we'll come back talk about some of the action including the opening fixture of Liverpool Norwich <laughs> Let that one go on a little bit longer there because I was enjoying the tune. Uh, welcome back to the Six Pointer Podcast. Um, and yeah, as we said, the football season started and it kicked off in style, didn't it? Friday night football, uh, Liverpool 4, Norwich 1. Um, Rich, I mean, I must admit, I watched the first half of this. Matthew, I know you watched, you watched the second half as well. And Rich, obviously, you watched the whole game. Mm. Um, I felt a bit sorry for Norwich, if I'm honest. I mean, especially when the, the goals, there was sort of three in a row, weren't there? It was, it was piling in and it really showed the golf. Didn't it, in, yeah, in I, class. I think to be honest, we did the you know going back to our preseason, we haven't really defended that great. Um, so Norwich being the, the the attacking team that they were, that's how they pretty much got promoted because I think they their defensive record wasn't great for a promoted team uh, coming from the championship. Uh, but they play some good football. I mean, the first thing I'll say about Norwich is they they play some good football. Slightly naive in terms of they gave us so much space to get in between the lines and Firmino had a field day. Um, saying that, I thought we were like 
really good in terms of we hit the ground running. We were we were we were lethal. Um, Nor- clinical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were actually like clinical because Norwich. I think Norwich had more chance. Well, shots on goal um, than us in that first half, but. Um, Basically, I think Norwich was slightly naive. They they got a way of playing, and I think they won't change that. Um, some would say that you know you admire that. Some would say that's naive. I yeah. think in some games, no matter how good an attacking force you are, especially if you just come up, you've got to respect who you're playing against. Mm. And I think they, you know, it was it was a harsh lesson for them mm. that if you try to I don't know literally just say we're going to play our football and you're not actually going to try and combat the European champions. Um, do you know what I mean? It's it's, uh, it's going to go against you. And I think that's exactly what happened. I think they've just got taught a harsh lesson. But I do think Norwich are going to cause a lot of team problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the, the way they're playing, I, I think I agree with you. A little bit, maybe a little bit of naivety and, and it's a harsh lesson for them in the Premier League and the way that they used to play in the last season, expansive football and, and obviously... In the Premier League, it's, it's a lot more difficult to play that way, especially up against a team like Liverpool. Matthew, I'll bring you in here. Pony. Say that again, mate. The defending was pony. The yeah. Norwich defending was all over the shop. It was. It wasn't just the best. Awful. And I, I don't actually think Liverpool got a second gear out since Man City. Um, I think Norwich are going forward, like you said, Rich. But they're going to get wallets quite a few times. Because that's the way they're going to play, particularly away from home. Um, they need to watch a few Roy Hodgson uh, set-ups. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Defensively sound, mate, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, when, when it was, what was it, 3-0 at half-time, was it? it 3-0? I think it was 4-0, 4-0 at half-time. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I thought it would be a cricket score, the way it was going. Um, mm. You know, Liverpool probably, if I said they got out, didn't get a second year, we were back into the first year for the second half. Um, it was nice to know he was getting a goal from a neutral perspective. Um, but yeah, Yeah, you have to feel from that it was a complete sort of freak goal, and I, I think I, that's why I take a little bit of umbrage with, with Sky Sports, and I think it was Carago who was who was co-commentator that, and he said, "Ah, oh, that's terrible. It's really poor from the defender." I'm thinking, well, actually, it's, it's just really unlucky that one, yeah. and I think you're sort of almost compounding his misery. There, I, I always think, you know, especially with own goals and stuff like that, like even the second goal, the way it sort of like you know, I see a few people saying that. Well, I, lucky I, I, the way I, I, it I fell. Think, to... I think the second was poor defending. Yeah, yeah, I think but that was poor this is what happens. I do. <laughs> The second goal was like it bounced it, around. Yeah, it around bounced around the box a little bit. Fell to Firmino, and he sort of slipped in Salah. But if you keep putting pressure on defensive, that's what Liverpool do so well. The way we, not even just Liverpool. I mean, um, most of the top teams, City, you can't you, you can't call it luck because we forced it. Do you know, yeah. if you force it, like you'll actually force these errors. Yeah, if you got application, and that's, that's, yeah. that's how it, yeah. that's how it yeah, happens. Definitely. I don't believe sometimes people say it's luck, but you, you force the team to making a mistake. So yeah. I mean. All in all, um, I was very happy with that result because it was like, you know, first day of the season, you know, it was almost like a, you know, Friday night. Who knows how, if, say, for example, Norwich scored, it could have could have went wrong. But potential banana skin. Potential banana skin, but everything went right for us and I was just happy, like 4-1, great start until Saturday came along and City done what they done. Yeah. So, yeah. I was happy with it. But they always say, don't they? They always say you don't want to play one of the promoted teams mm. in the first few weeks. Because uh, they can't, they've got the bounce, you know, they haven't yet been walloped a few times, they're not looking over their shoulder thinking, yeah. oh, you know, look, what games do you might get a point out of, or snatch a win here or there, and they're looking at other people's 
years old, so actually playing them early on is probably the most difficult time. Could we be. Yeah, but that's, that's because Frank De played three at the back and put Joel Ward and Andrew Towns as a wing back. So it was it was a strange. Situation. That's because you lot tried to play football for a change, didn't it? Steady on, mate. Steady on. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. But um, yeah, going back to that, I mean, um, I just think that uh, I, I was impressed with Norwich. To be honest with you, I know, and I hear what you're saying about playing them the beginning of the season. But sometimes it could work in say Liverpool's favour because mm. they can actually learn from playing us to when they play other teams. But I hear what you're saying at the same time. They've just come up for them. It's like it's a it's a it's like a free hit. Away at Anfield, oh, cool. oh, mate, mate, do you know what I mean? As, as, a, as a newly promoted club, any of the top six um, is, is a free hit away from home. Even mm. even at home, I think. I think you know if you if you get anything, then or maybe that's the way they set up, and maybe that's the way Daniel Farker said that you know we're going to set up this way, and if we lose, we lose. But if we win, it's, isn't it going to be spectacular? But yeah. I mean, shout out to Team Pookie, obviously who did really well last season. Someone I've been watching. Um, and Marcus Housey as well has, has, has sort of talked to me quite a lot about Timo Pukki, the, the Finnish striker, and I was really pleased that he got his his first goal because um, I think he's he's almost one of those natural finishers, and he, he's got that sort of in him. And um, hopefully, we we see a lot more from him uh, this season. No, it's a good finish. It was a good it's finish. Like said, though, it's, it's like we said, you know, they, they're really good going forward, but if they defend like that, they're going to get worked quite a few times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Rich, uh, any other points you want to make on the, uh, the No, game? I said for Alisson getting injured, that was, that was a pity, but like that's just that's football. Um, at least we've got Adrian. I'd rather have him than Mignolet, because Mignolet is just, he's like tainted. You know, you've got a player who would, the fans just, no matter what they do, they're tainted with like he's made previous mistakes. Yeah. Um, Adrian, you know what? One, one thing that was great, he got like some heroes welcome. Like he'd come back from injury after two years or something. Like the fans really embraced him, so, and he's done pretty well. Um, so that was good. Yeah, happy days. I move on now. Uh, Chelsea the Super Cup. So, get into uh, you guys' game. Yeah, so obviously our first game of the season was at home to Everton. Uh, Wilfred Zahar named on the bench after all the speculation. Um, good to see uh, Max Mayer getting a start after he's, he's even pushing on in, in pre-season. Joel Ward obviously took Aaron Wan-Bissaka's right-back position and did very well. For me, the ca- it, it, it was a game of sort of few chances. Um, one before the game, Matthew and I said to you that you know I would have taken a point, but given the way that it went, uh, obviously with Schneidling getting sent off uh, in the second half as well, um, that didn't really play into our favour. And almost that red card killed the game, didn't it? Because it enabled Everton to shut up shop and and do something they're very good at doing. Didn't start very well. Everton started a better team, mm. um, and then I think Palace grew into the game. Jordan Ayew was fantastic. He really was. Like a, a different bloke. He Mm. Sorry, can um, I just oh, sorry, can I ask, oh, what do you mean? Like, um, he actually looked fitter, stronger, or was it just technically? He was chasing everything, wasn't he? He was, he was, it was like he was trying more, wasn't it, Matthew? It felt like he was putting more effort in now, like Matthew was saying, like obviously on loan, the players on loan, you expect him to put in a lot of effort because they're hoping to get a deal, yeah, yeah. Whereas, it seems like it's the way around. I mean, now he's signed, he's, he's really turned it on, which is obviously how you want it, but it's, it, it, it's, it's a strange More time it'll work in reverse. So yeah, sorry, yeah. I, was, I was wondering what you what you meant when you said that he looked no, different, he, do you know what I mean? He was a bit hit and miss last year, Richard, I'll tell you. There were times, I remember one game, it was Man United away, when he didn't even to chase down the ball, you know, he was just sort of jogged over, and, you know, we were, we were drawing at the time, yeah. or something like that. Uh, and that was frustrating, but 
the other time, you know, he just he tried half and puff, but the quality wasn't there. But yesterday, it was a combination of all those things came together. He did really well. He was holding the ball up. You know, he was going to ground when he needed to. Just had a sense of um, knowing how to play the position he was playing, really. Mm. Um, so he did really well. And then genuinely, Palace all grew into the game. And I felt at half time, you know, we, we could have we could have been one or two up. We had a few good chances. Um, Lots of balls into the box, despite the weather. The wind was ridiculous. Yeah. It was kind of killing any sort of game, anything off the off the ground. But we, you know, we tried to put the ball into the box. And, and interestingly, we didn't look. We lost without Wolf last year. If Wolf didn't play, we were completely lost, devoid of a plan. But it was yesterday. Before he came on, I thought we were actually fine. Um, and like you say, Luke, it was just a shame with sort of 15 minutes to go, we didn't finish it off. But again, we're not clinical, and you feel for because they haven't brought in a striker. Yeah, and I, th- I think one one of the players that I mentioned earlier that, that we'd had high hopes for this season after, you know, Roy sort of easing him in last season was Max Mayer and he had a really good pre-season and he scored a few goals. Uh, and my my complaint, I guess, about Mayer last season was that he always flattered to deceive, so he'd almost sort of look really good, do the nice touches and things like that. But then when it came down to the finishing touch or, or, or sort of the end product, there wasn't anything there and he looked a little bit lightweight and... I he whilst he had the nice touches on on Saturday, I feel, still think you know he had that chance where he went through on goal, didn't he? And he chose to change feet and hit it with his left instead of it, first time with his right. Um, I think that um, you know it, 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 a couple of times he got muscled off the ball as well. It, 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 he's a frustrating player to watch because he's clearly got a lot of technical ability, hasn't he? I think sometimes you get uh, players that have got a lot of technical ability yeah but like you know if you haven't got that killer instinct then it almost just like it's it's like uh, I compare it to sort of like Chelsea looking really good yesterday against United for 20 minutes nice football nice nice mm. if you don't score it means nothing pretty much yeah. in a way Matthew but, I completely agree with you. And obviously, we we need to touch on uh, Wilfred Zaha. Obviously, starting on the bench, and he came on, and we mentioned his his sort of um, reception. He got a very warm reception from the Palace fans. Um, but one of those games where he didn't really have the impact that he hoped. You know, he got the ball a couple of times and made a made a marauding run, um, but never really sort of had that that sort of finishing touch. Um, maybe it was sort of rustiness, or maybe it's the fact that he's only just come from from Afcon last week. Who knows? Um, but I think that he's going to have to start. Putting some real performance in his, in you know to sort of really if he wants that move in in January, um to 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 show the big clubs you know come and get me. Didn't have long yesterday, would have fifteen twenty minutes, but it was long enough for for Zaha to do some damage and um, yeah, he just wasn't quiet at the races. But you know, we, I, I like what you said. I had taken a point before the game yesterday. It was just a shame given that ten men we didn't sort of finish it off and. Um, 
and get all three. No, I'd also give them the chance if you had, but if I was an Everton fan, I'd be really disappointed because they spent how much money in the summer? A lot of money. Close to 100, I think. Obviously, Moses, yeah. Moses Keeman came in for 40. Um, was it Awobi came in for no, 40 as well? Uh, Awobi came in for about 35. I think that Moses Keane came in for like 27. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Matthew, definitely. I think that... I do believe that that Marco Silva's decent coach though. I do think over time, I think the, the what they've put together. Uh, I'm not sure about a Wobi for 35 mil, but that's I think it seems it yeah, that seems a bit, bit extortion. But I do believe that they will develop. They'll become a good t- Premiership team this season. I, I can see them finishing in. Well, top seven. They have, they have, they have to finish European football, don't they? That, I mean, I can spend that sort of money. They have to aim for that. So. I think they've got to, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, should, should we should we touch on any of the notable results from the weekend? Obviously, you've already alluded to sort of Chelsea, Man United, or Man United, Chelsea, I should say. I think the shock of the shock of the weekend was um, Brighton away at Watford. Three 0 wasn't it? Yeah. Three 0 and that that coach. He's obviously uh, Graham Potter. Yeah, he. he I mean, he, he, I've got a lot of respect for Graham Potter. Obviously, he he spent a lot of time in the. Um, Alex Vin, um, you know, with Ostersund's taken from the fourth uh, tier of Swedish football up to the the, the, the Swedish Premier League, um, and he's, he obviously took them into Europe as well. I think a lot of people know about Ostersund's through their their uh, Europa League tie with Arsenal a couple of seasons ago, um, but yeah, I mean, he 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 looks like someone who's a really exciting exciting manager, and again, uh, almost a bit of a risk, I guess, for Brighton to put so much faith in a young manager, an unproven manager at this level. Um, they've certainly given him a lot of money to spend, haven't they? And he, they've gone and spent what was it the the Weber, the Bristol Bristol City centre back? He was twenty, wasn't he? And who else did they bring in? Yeah, they brought in a few players, but I don't, you know, I'm not I'm not really too sure to be exactly who they brought in, but I know they spent a little bit, but nothing. They, they spent some. Go on, Matthew. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you know when Chris Hughton was sacked? Mm. You know, I remember us three sitting in that pub doing this pod and, and we were saying, oh, that's the one move, what they're doing, you know, limited sort of foresight, uh, short-minded Premier League mentality. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if this chap does um, come good for them because, um, yeah, they've got rid of a very good manager in the process. And, yeah, I mean, uh, typical, isn't it? You know, Palace is right always with uh, Brian and Evergreen of Watford. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I think they completely sort of outmuscled them, didn't they? And, you know, but I, I think what what's playing in Lampard's, or what's going to play in Lampard's advantage is that he obviously has this transfer ban and he's almost going to, not using it as an excuse, but obviously he, he's going to say that, you know, he's not able to build his own squad and, and do what he wants to do and this, that and that. And I think, to be fair, that's probably a good thing because, you know, I've, I've got my concerns over these sort of inexperienced managers being given these big jobs um, I mean essentially you're hiring a bloke who failed a derby last season he, the, the remit of derby last season was to get promotion and he didn't do it and I know that people might say that's harsh and you know he's a Chelsea legend and this that and the other but it's Chelsea no it's the know. truth it's true I it's think, a big yeah. club and, and I think it's almost a good thing that they're not going to give him loads of money to start with like Solskjaer because I think like the pressure's on Solskjaer now I mean if if they go for three four bad 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 um, results He's going to be, you know, they're going to be calling for his head. I'll tell you what, um, Lampard needs to learn quick because one thing I thought from yesterday's game was you start Zuma and Christensen at centre-half now. I think if you've got a centre-half very pairing, good player. That Christensen is a very good player. He's like good, him. but I don't think you can have two young centre-halves. You've got to have someone who's got a bit of experience who can 
you know, talk the other centre half through the game. If you've got two young centre halves, to John Terry. Tom's coach of Villa now, but basically, I think he was a bit naive yesterday. Um, first of all, doing that, and then Kante supposedly he wasn't fully fit. Even if he's thirty percent fit, you get him in that team yeah. because he's someone who can cover that ground to sort of you know try and protect the defence. So you know, as, as I like I say, Matthew, that game was a good game. I I enjoyed that game as well. Actually, I thought it was a good game, but um, I think Lampard. Just needs to learn very quickly, very very quickly. Yeah, I mean a couple other ones that I want I want to touch on there. Um, obviously, you alluded to already. Rich was was Man City's five nil thrashing of of West Ham, and that was men versus boys really at the end. I mean that was quite unbelievable. A game I really enjoyed watching on Saturday evening was uh, Tottenham Villa. Um, that was a quality game. Oh, yeah. Villa Villa were doing so well to hold on for so long, and then obviously the first one went in, and then straight away the, the, there was two a quick succession of two two other goals, and you have to feel for Villa a little bit. But it's the harsh realities and a lesson in the Premier League, I guess, isn't it for, for Aston Villa, and especially Jack Grealish who. Unfortunately, it's now a set record of, I think it's 19 Premier League losses in a row. Yeah, Obviously, okay. it's broken up by, for a number of seasons, but um, I did feel for Villa a little bit. Matthew? Yeah, well, I did watch the Burnley Southampton game, and I thought Burnley were brilliant. Um, probably played to their strengths in, in the sort of long ball and snatch and grab sort of um, uh, way of doing things, mm. but they, they, they were so good, so clinical. Ashley Barnes, I mean, you know, he's. Um, He's good, he's good. I, I was going to say, one thing I think what um, was to the detriment of Burnley last season is them getting in the Europa League. That Sean Dyche, I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the Premiership. I think Burnley, when, you know, he's obviously they've had a full pre-season without having to travel around Europe, I think they're going to be tough again. And I think... That's testament to, to how he gets the players going. Yeah, and I mean, he certainly certainly does a good job in the sense that, um, I mean, it's got to be, let's be honest, it's got to be a job to encourage players to come and sign for Burnley, isn't it? I mean, it's not being disrespectful, but it's not, it's not a desirable place, isn't it? I mean, obviously, you've got the law of London and Palace are in, 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 a, in a, a fortunate position there, but um, so anyone that, that they can get in, I think he's, he's done a good job in, in, in convincing them to, sort of, to come to Burnley, that's for sure. Matthew? No, I, I, I don't think they do, mate. I, I, don't. <laughs> I think you're right, you know. It's, but it's, you know it's, it's that kind of, you know, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a horrible stadium to play in. I'm sure as a away fan, I'm sure as a home, home, uh, home player, it's, 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 it's a decent place to have mm. your home ground. But, and they don't play the most attractive football, but goodness me, you know, he gets a lot out of very, what you would call bang average footballers in the Premier League, you know. Yeah. And he's made some of England's internationals. The, the, name, the bloke with the name of the T, Tarowski, I've never said that. I think he's one of the most underestimated coaches. Just going back to that um, Villa-Tottenham game, mm. do you know who I thought was outstanding? That Tyrone Mings. And it kind of showed why they paid that much for him. So I was thinking to myself, that's a bit much, but I thought he was a rock yesterday um, until they finally caved in. I think that was just due to them exerting so much energy in that first half that you can't do that for... You know, you got to do it yeah. for ninety minutes, and yeah. I think what happened to them is they done really well, stopped Tottenham, and then it was funny that their best player Grealish is the one that got caught on the ball yeah. for the second goal. Yeah. But I thought he looked good as well. I li- I like his 
balance on the ball. He looks like a real baller. He looks like a yeah, serious player. Yeah, he, he's, he's certainly got some talent, and this hope that you know he's he's able to sort of showcase what he can do this season and um, become a, become a, a real Premier League great. Um, all right, well. I think that's it then, Naz, isn't it? I mean, we'll, we'll look forward to obviously next week. Next week we'll come back and Palace are playing Sheffield United on the weekend. Liverpool have got... We have got um, Chelsea next in the, in the Super Cup final. Let's talk about that first before we go. Oh, go on, predictions, go on, guys. Would... Predictions. I want to hear what I, you guys I, think. I, I couldn't care less, to be honest, but uh, that's my prediction. No, you don't care either. No. Matthew? Likewise, mate. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit harsh. Anyway, I'll give my, I'll give my prediction, mate. Huh? So, no, no, so <laughs> no, no, Super Cup. So it's the the winners of the Europa League and Champions League. So does it mean it might, anything? Might be a bit that, out of you guys' it, conversation. Does now. it mean anything though? Do, um, do, 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 I think it's just a, as, it's, as a Liverpool fan. Do you think I really want to win this? It's, well, yeah. Or is it? Or, or is it? Or is it sort of up there with a the charity shield? It is better than a charity shield because first and foremost, it's a cup. Um, it's not a shield I mean it's just like the, the winners of the two European it's, it's like it's like the charity shield FA Cup champ, uh, Premiership mm-hmm. Europe, I know the yeah so it's, it's I think it's just a good game and I think obviously after seeing Chelsea get that uh, do you think both teams are going to play full strength squads I think we'll play a very strong team I think we want to win it there's no doubt about it I think once you start winning silverware why not try and win whatever silverware you can so I think so we won't, we've gone, we won't be seeing Andy Lonergan in goal nah but he'll probably be on the bench that's a shame yeah, it would be, be brilliant if he played. He played in pre-season. He made a wicked save, actually. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't laugh, mate. You know what I mean? Where's the game being played? Uh, Istanbul. Travel out there for that. Yeah. It's worth oh. it. It's not... Take that back, man. I imagine you get a lot, a lot of locals who go to the game as well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be quality. So, um, yeah, man. The Premiership is back. It's uh, great to have football back. And uh, You didn't tell us, happy Richard, days. who Liverpool got the weekend. Because, obviously, when is that? Is that Tuesday night, Wednesday night you're playing? And then... Uh, I, I take so it you're, you're going to be playing on Sunday, really? Have... Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? No, we actually play on Saturday. We're away at Southampton, who just got right. battered by... No, they get, they get beat 3-0 beat at Bournemouth, innit? No, they weren't Bournemouth, they've been. It was the, the Burnley. Burnley, so, yeah, Burnley, we were just talking about, talking about, so my brain just went blank for a bit. Well, it's probably a good place to end the pod there, mate, if your, if your brain's going blank. It's uh, probably a good place to end it. And we'll come back next weekend, obviously, with all the reaction from, from those games. Um, Liverpool will be top of the league by then. You never know, mate. You never know. Palace might be top of the league. Um, there we go. All right, um, have a good week, everyone, and we'll be back next week.